You are listening to Good Monkey, a sermon series by Pastor Bay Allen. So we've looked at what we see. We've looked at what we hear. The way the things that we allow into us uh, actually affect who we are as children of God and the way that we present God to the world. We've also looked at our mouths, how we are to speak. We also looked at our hands, how we are to do, how are we to act, how are we to work in the world. And today we finish off the series as we kind of bring it all together as we look at thought and deed. Um, And I encourage you to turn with me in your Bible or on an applicable app in your smartphone as we look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, where we see this. Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. (laughs) I'm going to tell you a story. As I've been doing throughout this whole series, this has been a very storytelling series. There was once a great city. There was once a community with thousands, no millions, of monkeys. They were smart. They were sophisticated. They were educated, they understood science, they harnessed language, they enjoyed the arts, just as we do. And these little monkeys, they they looked up at the sky and they, they noticed all the great skyscrapers that they had built there in Monkey City. And they thought, what is stopping us from building a tower so tall that we can communicate directly with God? So the monkeys, they got to work. They designed a building that would reach all the way up to heaven. They worked on the plans. Architects gave it the green light. Every monkey in the city got behind the building project. And for years, they built it. They poured time, energy, resources into building a tower to God. The tower went way up beyond the clouds. And the monkeys working up there in the final stages, they actually had to wear special suits that would allow them to breathe because they were so high up. Well, one by one, the monkeys that went up to work failed to return. They didn't come back. And rumors started getting passed around that they had finally done it. They were actually taken by God. They were in community with God. They were spending time with God. So one by one, more and more monkeys traveled up this tall, tall tower, never to return. Finally, there were only two monkeys left on the entire planet, and they debated whether or not they too should go up. They decided it was time, so they began to climb the tower to go all the way to the top. And when they arrived at the top, they were so high up in the sky, they actually went beyond the atmosphere, and they began to float up into outer space. The gravity could no longer hold them onto the tower, and they scattered and floated away. Years passed. The tower and the city fell. Few are left who remember that they existed at all. But on a clear night, when you look up at the night sky, if you look real close, you may catch a glimpse of a monkey still searching for God amongst the stars. I didn't say it was a good story. (laughs) Now, our scripture tells us simply, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. 
And I don't know exactly what the story this morning has to tell you. But I got to tell you, today's Pentecost Sunday. And if I had a red shirt that fit, I would be wearing it. But I don't. But regardless of my shirt that doesn't fit, this is the day we celebrate where the Holy Spirit came upon the church. In the Old Testament, Pentecost, it, it was the feast which occurred 50 days after Passover. And as the Passover feast celebrated the exodus of the Israelites from slavery of Egypt, Pentecost celebrated God's gift of the Ten Commandments to Moses in Mount Sinai. But as we look at Acts chapter 2, we see what Pentecost means in the New Testament. Just as the Ten Commandments were given to, God, to guide God's people, the Holy Spirit came to guide God's people. We're going to revisit this. I heard Lauren speaking this a little while ago. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. You see those little flames up there. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were, st they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these people all from Galilee? How is it that we each hear them in our native tongue? Take note, many different languages and nationalities were represented among these people. They said, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own language. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? So the story with the monkeys building the tower, you know, in the Old Testament, in Genesis 11, there was another tower. And Pentecost reminds me of this. The Tower of Babel. Or Babel. I say Babel because I like to say babbling like a brook. But they wanted to build a tower to God in Genesis chapter 11. And originally, everyone had the same language. But God caused them to speak in different languages, so they became confused, couldn't complete their futile attempt at building a tower to reach God. They abandoned their tower. And I wonder if God thought, dare you think you could build a tower so tall? How could you think that the work of your hands alone would ever be good enough? They were confused. God made them speak different languages. But at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit allowed the people of God to speak to everyone. To different nationalities. To different languages. And the people of God spoke and the people heard them in their own language. No Google translator was needed. There was no language barrier with God, not anymore. And I realize I have ADD, but bear with me because today's scripture says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. How many of you are building a tower? What is your tower? And what does the building of that tower say about your heart? During this series, we've been talking a lot about what we allow in, right? Through our eyes, through our ears. We've been looking at how we use our mouth, how we use our hands as the children of God. 
And today, as we close this series off, I want us to realize, to leave realizing that all of these things, what we see, what we hear, what we speak, and what we do, they all flow from our heart. They do. So I ask, what is in your heart? Are you building a tower to reach God? Are you trying to reach God on your own terms, on your own strength? Because I've got to tell you, in the past, what I see over and over again in Scripture and in my own life is that God is reaching us. God is reaching us. God came down to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Because we can never hope to make it to God any other way. God came to us, even at creation. In a couple weeks, we're starting a series called Creative God. And even in the garden, Adam and Eve, they didn't go up to heaven and walk around. No, God came to them and said, why are you hiding? God came to us. And it's easy for us to get mad at God when God doesn't come to us on our terms. When God doesn't answer our prayers the way that we think God should. When we think God should. When God seems altogether silent in the midst of the noise inside of our heads, I want you to remember, God comes to us. God already came to us in Jesus Christ. And at Pentecost, God came to us. The Holy Spirit is guiding us. As the church, the Holy Spirit is guiding us as we share the good news with the world. Acts chapter 2, we saw this, we just read it. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, in our own language. This is what happens when the Holy Spirit guides your heart. You're allowed to do things that you could never do before. So I say, guard well your heart. Guard well your passions. Guard well what you allow to take up residence in your heart because everything you do flows from your heart. From what you love, even what you love to do. Again, Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So guard your heart. Don't build a tower to God. Not when God has already come to you. You don't need to build a tower. God doesn't want you to build a tower. God wants you to build relationships with your neighbors. Loving them as you love your God and as you love yourself. That's what Jesus tells us that God wants from us as children of God. Love. And love is a heart word and Sometimes we flippantly say, I love this or I love that. I love tacos. But God wants us to love our neighbors as ourselves, not as we love tacos. God wants us to love and to worship God with all of who we are, with our eyes, with our ears, our mouths, and our hands. Yes, in thought and in deed. That's the title of today's sermon. That is love, that is worship. And we don't need a tower. 
There are plenty of towers all over the world. What we need is to deepen our relationship with God and to be so filled with the Holy Spirit so that when those towers that are out there, when they fall, and when those people are scattered in their own family, they, 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 they are confused. They can't even understand one another. We are to be so filled with the Holy Spirit that as the people of God, we are to be able to speak as oracles of God. Remember a couple weeks ago we talked about this. The Holy of Holies. God is here. God is here. So when they can't understand anyone else through the Holy Spirit, may they say, we hear them declaring the wonders of God and they're speaking right to me. They're speaking right to me. This is Acts chapter 2. This is Pentecost. This is post-Tower of Babel. This is the church. We are to speak, to declare the wonders of God, and the people will listen. The people will hear. So I tell you, don't focus your time, your energy, your resources on building a tower to God. You are already a tower of God. Positioned as a beacon in the world that has lost its bearing. The Holy Spirit guides us to guide others to Christ so that the Holy Spirit may guide them to guide others to Christ. This is what it means to be a part of the church. This is what we are a part of. The church is about being a part of community. Not so that we may work together to build a tower to reach God, but because God has already reached us. We are to share that. We are to share that. We are to give thanks for the blessings that we have received, for the mighty works that we have seen God do. Indeed, it is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to God, Creator. God breathed the breath of life at creation. God blessed humankind before any of our accomplishments, any of our shortcomings. God made a way for preservation even when the profanity of our existence warranted destruction. Even when we chose captivity over freedom. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. I too need to hear these words. Can you say this to me? Can you remind your pastor of this? In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God. God is a God of grace, new life, a God of forgiveness. Would you pray with me? God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and the fruit of the vine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood.
Amen. I love the fact that there is one loaf. Now we have a a gluten-free option here as well. But I want to want to bring to point the fact that there is one loaf. Because though we are varied, our, our accents are different, our languages are different, our, our places of upbringing, our places of social status, there are many differences. If you look at us, it's like, man, we are so different. We are so different. But I love that there is one loaf because we are one body. We are one body. The one loaf reminds us of that. One grace, one baptism, one God, one body. And because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body. For we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. There's also one cup. And it may look different at times, but this is the cup of Christ's new covenant. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. On the night that Jesus was to give himself up, he was at meal with his closest friends, with his disciples. And he took the loaf and gave thanks to God in heaven. Broke it. He turned to his disciples and he said, This is my body. Take, eat. And in a similar way, after they had eaten, Christ took the cup, gave thanks to God in heaven. He turned to his disciples and said, This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink, do so in remembrance of me. So what Christ did all those years ago was he invited his disciples to the table. The same table that we are invited to today. In the United Methodist Church, you don't have to be a United Methodist to partake of communion to someone who is seeking an extension of God's grace in your life, a deepening relationship with God. It is an open table. Again, we have a gluten-free option for those who have a dietary restriction. We use juice instead of wine so that neither of these can be a stumbling block for you to come to this one table this one grace. I'm going to ask that the communion stewards come forward at this time and just take a moment of silent reflection as we prepare to come to the table this morning. You are a child of God. You are capable of doing more than you ever could on your own because you are not on your own. We are family. We are family. We are the church. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That's who we are.
So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little mouths, what you speak. Be careful, little hands, what you do. Guard well your heart. God lives there. This is where God dwells. God is here. So that just as God came to us, as we go out beyond these doors, God goes too. God ventures into our communities from our hearts. So God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us that are gathered here. Just as on the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of Christ, let us be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by His blood. Go with love, go with grace, go with power. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.